Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Amen. Welcome back to Take It or Leave It. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. And I want to kick it off by referring to Luke chapter 16, verse 10, because I think it's important to remember what God says about those who are faithful. So Luke chapter 16, verse 10 says, he who is faithful in little will be faithful in much. And I paraphrased, um, but specifically it says, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. So if you can't handle little things, you also cannot handle the big things, right? But if you are faithful with the little things, you will also be faithful with the big things, right? And in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, it says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom, for that the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Amen. So with both of these things, we can apply this to many different aspects in our life, but also when it comes to tithing. We are not going to be discussing tithing as the main topic of today, but it is important to be reminded of tithing and the importance of tithing. The Lord is asking for 10% of our gross pay and 10% is minimal. God is a good God. He could ask for 90%, but he's only asking for 10%. So my encouragement as we kick things off today is to be faithful in this. Why? Because in Luke chapter 6, 37, which we just read, in the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. It will only bless you. It will only bless you. Now, if you want to deep dive into tithes more, I recommend reading Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 10. Um, but tithing is so important today and it all what it boils down to as well is is wages right if you're working and you have an income you have wages and this leads us in to the topic i want to discuss today which is the laborer being worthy of their wages now we have discussed this high level in a previous podcast but do you believe that laborers are worthy of their wages Right. And when I say laborers, I don't mean in your worldly job. I mean, in the kingdom of God, laborers who are working for God are worthy of their wages. Right. Laborers deserve to receive unconditional wages from heaven. We recently discussed the world's economy, right, with with COVID and inflation. And I'm sure you've been to the grocery store recently and bills are very high. Um, I think before I could average like $80 and, you know, I'm I'm very close to 200 if not over. So it's, uh, it's quite a difference, right? But the good news is laborers of God are not going to be impacted. So what do I mean by that? Even though inflation is going up and things cost more, laborers are not going to lack. They're not going to lack. Why? Because they have the blessing of God. God says in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, uh, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray 
the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So what is this saying? Pray for more laborers. Why? Because this is pleasing to God. This is why the laborers are worthy of their wages. They are worthy of the provisions of God. So ultimately, the encouragement here is be a laborer, right? Be working in the kingdom of God. And continuing in Luke chapter 10, verse 3, it says, Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. So Jesus is saying here that this world is not kind, right? It's not going to be kind to you. You know, when we serve God, it's it's not like we're signing up to say, okay, I'll never have another problem again. But what it's saying is I will overcome my problems with the Lord. We still have trials that we will have to rise above and climb over. But with the Lord, we will see the victory. And the Lord says, go your way. What does he mean by that? Go now. Go now. But beware. Listen up. Because as you go, you're going to encounter this world. And the world is a terrible place. It really is. It's full of evil, and I won't even begin to list the things that uh, are wrong in this world, but we can all see it. And, you know, when we have the Lord and we encounter these things, like I said earlier, we are going to be provided for, right? You will have tribulations while on earth, but Jesus says not to worry because he has overcome the world. Isn't that amazing? Praise God. He has overcome the world. So anything that we have, when I hear that, I just think, you know, I have this problem. I have this little problem. And when the Lord hears my problem or maybe it's in my prayers or he sees it in my heart, it's so little for him. It's even smaller than a speck, right? Because Jesus has overcome the world, right? And that's in John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Be happy because I have overcome the world. Why are we happy about that? Because Jesus is with us. When we are laboring for him, we are a true servant of God and we have dedicated our lives to him and we are devoted to him. He shows up for us. Amen. So if you are a laborer, worry not. Don't worry. Jesus will watch over you. Now, this does not apply to all churchgoers. This does not apply to all who pray. And this does not apply to all who tithe. Only servants of God. This world is so deceived and they have gotten into such a habit of isolating specific verses and projecting that this is for me. And What's missing is the self-evaluation and the conviction and the Holy Spirit transformation, right? We need to be transformed by the Holy Spirit for these promises to apply to us. So again, not everyone in church is going to heaven. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Remember, the Pharisees were condemned by Jesus and they were very religious. They went to church. They prayed. They, they prayed more than some people pray today, but still they were not worthy. And not all who pray are going to heaven. Not all who pray are going to heaven. Why? Because there's also work. There's also things that Jesus talks about in his word that you need to do. We, are, we need to believe unto righteousness, right? Jesus doesn't say pray and you shall receive eternal salvation with me, right? And just because you give your money 
does not mean you're going to heaven. That does not check the box. That does not put you in the book of life. It is something that servants of God will do because God said so. But there's plenty of people giving tithes today but not living the right life. It's really important that we put our hearts and our minds under a microscope and we ask the Lord to reveal the specks in us, the problems in us, the things that need to change so that we can have a character that is pleasing to Jesus in all things, not just the money that we put into the basket, right? But worry not, because if you are a servant of God, Jesus will watch over you. We've talked about this in a previous podcast about not allowing interruptions. So in Luke, we're continuing in Luke chapter 10, verse 4, carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. Why? Because they will interrupt you. We talked previously in my podcast, be prepared that Satan will even send people to distract you, whether they're friends, family, even your own children, right? And I'm not saying become silent and don't talk to them. What I'm saying is do not allow them to pull you away from the work of God. Do not allow them to slow your progress. Do not allow them to shift your focus, right? Amen. Amen. And in Matthew chapter 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God, right? That's what this says. Seek first the kingdom of God. Be focused on the kingdom of God. Specifically in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So again, I'm going to pause there. It's conditional, right? You cannot just isolate this and say that all these things will be added unto you. You need to first seek the kingdom of God. First. First. For whatever reason, this world is having a problem with understanding what first, what above all, you know, really focusing and being sold out to the Lord. Amen. Continuing in verse 34, it says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble, right? So again, do not worry. Do not worry who? Do not worry servants of God. Who are servants of God? Servants of God are people who are seeking first the kingdom of God. Amen. So what, what is so hard? about understanding about the word first. Really think about that and keep that top of mind. And also, this is something that I do as well because everything I say, I say in a mirror. Is your focus where it needs to be? Are you truly seeking the kingdom first? Are are you able and do you consecrate yourself from this world? And this is one of my... All the verses are my favorite, right? Because they're all important. But I reference this one a lot in Luke chapter 9, verse 62. And it says, um, and it speaks about both hands being on the plow and looking forward. And if you are not looking forward, you are not fit for the kingdom of God. So first of all, what's a plow? So if you can Google it, oftentimes you'll see a plow. Um, It's attached to an oxen. It's work. You're working, and whenever you hold the ox, you have to look forward or else the ox will go off path, right? As it pulls this plow, right? Typically like on a farm. So if you have both hands on the plow, but you are looking back, you are not fit. Why are you looking back? If you're working for God and you're moving forward, why are you looking back? It's almost as if you are looking back at all the things you're leaving behind. There's regret, there's shame right? That's not pleasing to God. 
Because really, what's back there, friends? Your family's back there. The world, honestly, the, all the distractions, it's all behind you. And it can easily deter you. So when you look back, you break your focus. And the Lord is simply reminding us, do not do that. Keep both hands on the plow and look forward. Why? So that we can be fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. Paul was speaking of hospitality in Luke chapter 10, which we just read. Um, And when we continue in the verses, it does get specific on hospitality. So today, churches don't even open up their homes anymore like before. We're supposed to welcome servants of God. Now it's a whole process, and it's part of the issue with the church becoming more like a business rather than a place to hear the word of God. What do I mean by that? The church needs to run everything by the board, right? So if a servant of God comes, right, the church should open up to him. And if the Lord has something for him to share, it needs to be approved by the board. And the board will usually come back and say, what if this man or woman says something that will deter our members from coming? We may lose tithes, right? So where's the hospitality in that? And where's the hospitality today that Paul speaks of and specifically paul speaks of hospitality when he talks about peace to this house and in luke chapter 10 continuing in verse 5 but whatever house you enter first say peace to this house so again this is the lord providing paul right a servant of god a laborer provision so as you go out into the mission field do not worry do not worry about where you will sleep what you will eat because the lord will provide that's something you can expect right so servants of god will change the condition of the house that they're staying in because of the Holy Spirit. They will. They will. It's impossible if it's Holy Spirit led, the Holy Spirit is going to be there with that servant of God, right? Who's in this unfamiliar place that does not have their own home that needs somebody to open their house. Jesus is the one that's going to touch their hearts. And Jesus says to remain in that house because he will provide for you there. And if there's one thing I want to highlight here, specifically around laborers being worthy of their wages and their provisions is that it's a divine right for laborers to be provided for. It's a divine right. You don't need to pray for it. It's coming for you. Why? Because you're laboring for God. Jesus sees you. How do I know Jesus sees you? He said it. He said it. We read it earlier. Jesus is with you. He sees you. Where two or three are gathered, he will meet you there. He references being with you. And he even told the disciples, I can be with you always. This is why the disciples benefited more when Jesus returned to the Father. Because with the Holy Spirit, he could truly be with us all the time. Right? Amen. So it's a divine right that laborers are provided for. You don't need to pray for it. It's like gravity. What goes up must come down. If you serve God, you'll be provided for. Amen. It's automatic. And in John chapter 6, 27, it says, Do not labor for the food that perishes. Do not work for things that are going to perish. Specifically in verse 27 of Luke chapter 6, it says, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal upon him. So if you are saved, you'll be a laborer. Do you remember speaking about children of Abraham? You will do the things of Abraham? This is the same with Jesus. 
If Jesus is your father, you're going to do the things Jesus said to. We spoke in a previous podcast about your origin. This is going to reveal your origin. Who is your father? And this is kingdom business, doing the things that the father says. In the kingdom of God, we do the things that Jesus says. Amen? Amen. And something about God too, and we are a laborer for God, when we have been called, when God has a plan for us, right? He will only let us go so far in the opposite direction, and he has a limit. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but do you remember the story of Jonah in the Bible? A lot of people speak negatively of Jonah because he utterly disobeyed the Lord, right? However, Jonah, the book of Jonah is very short because that is how long it took Jonah to understand he was wrong and to repent, right? And people always compare Job because Job was very dedicated to the Lord. He was prayerful, but Job was also very prideful. And the book of Job is like 38 chapters, something like that. It's so long because it took Job so long, so long to understand his error, right? Let's be like Jonah because it's quick. So Jonah, and I know I already kind of paraphrased, but Jonah was told to go to Nineveh, but Jonah went to Tarshish. People today in Jonah's position would say, well, Lord, you've blessed me that I'm able to get my ticket to go to this place instead. Thank you, Lord, so much. I want to warn you, do not credit the Lord with things that you're doing. Don't do that. The Lord had nothing to do with that. You decided in yourself, right, that you were going to go the opposite direction. So did Jonah, right? And then Jonah even got on the boat. Oh, you know, people today might say, praise God. Not only did I get my ticket, but I got on the boat. Thank you, Jesus. Right? And this is what I mean by Jesus will only let you get so far before he says, okay, this is enough. Right? So remember uh, the, the boat was sailing right in the ocean and then the storm came to Jonah right and he had to jump he understood this is because I was disobedient people today might say Lord did you change your mind on me but God is the same yesterday today and forever he doesn't change his mind if he says go here he means go here he doesn't mean go to the opposite direction go to another place we must be obedient and being a laborer when we seek first the kingdom of God God will reveal these things to us. And remember, people love serving their own desires. They love serving their own desires, but you cannot serve two masters. Remember in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, when it says no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. What does that mean? You cannot serve God and money because you will hate one. Does it really mean hate? No, it means love less. You're going to love one of these two things less because your heart is divided. We cannot serve God with a divided heart. Right? So those who love money voluntarily enter jail that serves a different master. Who's the master? Money. If you love money, you serve money and you confine yourself to this space. And I'll say this, even a lack of money can open up the door to serving money or the love of money. But it starts with a lack. It starts with a want and it turns into a yikes, right? Because then you're never content. If you're lacking, you want to fill your void. And then once you're there, you, you make a new goal. Right? You're constantly chasing after money. 
And it is a yikes. It's don't do that. You cannot serve two masters, right? This is truly a perfect example of your focus being shifted, right? Serving two masters, a divided heart, not seeking the kingdom of God first. And if you're serving money, you cannot be a laborer and serve the kingdom of God, right? Remember we talked about you cannot be a part-time laborer. It's full-time. We full-time serve the Lord. And you have to take care of yourself, because our body is a temple, and this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Do you know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you, right? The Lord has given us this body, and the Holy Spirit will dwell in us, right? When we repent and we pray and we ask for the Holy Spirit baptism, just like what happened in the disciples in the upper room, the Holy Spirit will dwell in our temple. We are God's house. We are his temple, right? Inside, this is where the Holy Spirit will dwell. So we have to keep our house clean. We have to keep our house clean or else our temple will be in ruins. Like in Haggai chapter one, starting in verse three, then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet saying, is it time for yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses in this temple to lie in ruins? Verse five, now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. So that's a warning. What are you focused on? Why your own temple lies in ruins, right? You have to rebuild the foundation. You have to turn to God so that he can help rebuild you. The Holy Spirit can transform you. Amen. Because you can work and you can work, but you will never have enough and you will never be content, right? We need to get to a place of contentment and we will get there when our temple and our house is clean. Right? Verse 6 in Haggai, it says, You have sown much, but bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. Again, you're working and you're working, but you're making no progress. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. So a bag with holes, right? How can you fill up your bag if there's holes? So money will always go away. You put money in, money falls out. Solution, close up the holes. How do you do this? Be converted, people of God. Be truly converted. Repent for your sins. Be zealous and repent the word of God says. Because remember, why is your money going to go away? Because your temple is in ruins. And that's just one example. This verse is nice because it tells you the why in the beginning of the verse. Why is your money going away? Because your house is in ruins, right? God is clear. God is clear. We need to be right so that we are content and focused on his business. Whose business? Jesus Christ's business. Going, making disciples, right? Our temple must be clean. And James said, show me your faith without works and I will show you faith by my works. And specifically, this is in James chapter 2, verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. So remember, your works convince the devil that you are saved too. Right? Our works don't show him anything. Our words don't show him anything. We need evidence. We must be in action. Right? And we, we spoke about this before in a previous podcast. But... There were Jewish priests and ministers that went out to rebuke a spirit from 
a person and that spirit talked back and said, I, I know Paul, but I don't know you. Why? Because their actions did not convince them that they were servants of God, right? We can't just talk about it. We need to be about it, right? So serve God so your fruits of labor will not perish. Pray for God to reveal the specks in us. I pray for this all the time. Reveal it, Lord. Reveal it in me. Show it to me, Lord, because we're really good at hiding problems from even ourselves. We can deceive ourselves in this world, right? Pray that these things are revealed so you can have a clean temple. Why? So we can be a pleasing servant of God. We can be a true laborer worthy of God's provisions. And today the church is asleep and they need a Jonah awakening. Something so abrupt comes out of nowhere that will allow them to realize the error of their ways immediately, right? Disobedience is disobedience. And the Lord is not a respecter of person. He's not going to say, okay, Madison, I understand. Nor would he say that to you. So pray for God to reveal the specks. Because today, are you heading in your own direction despite what God says? Are you avoiding his words? Be encouraged today that God will provide for you when you are obedient to him. When you labor for his kingdom, the Lord will provide. Your life will improve greatly with Jesus. It will. It will. Why? Because the victory is in Jesus. And if Jesus is with us, he's going to watch over us. And most importantly, you secure your eternal salvation with Jesus through repentance. So repent today. Turn to God. Turn away from this world today. Today. You know, this time on earth is just a speck. When we look at eternity, because we all live on, our soul's going to live on, and it's either going to live on in heaven or in hell. This time we spend on earth is just going to be a speck. A speck on our long line of eternity. Why not serve God? Why not be obedient to God? The promises of God are true. Be a laborer for the Lord so that Jesus can care for you. Amen. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.